Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everyday Linux, episode 72, A Look at Lugs, recorded October 28th, 2012, and brought to you by Element OP Productions, elementop.com. This week, we have a special guest with us, Mr. Scott Dowdle. Did I say that right, Scott? Yes, you did. Excellent. He is a lug leader. What, is there a special word for that? Is it like Grand Poobah? Do you have a fez or something? Uh, no, just show up. That's okay. all I all need right. to do. So uh, we'll talk a little bit uh, uh, later on with him about what a lug is and why you should care. And with me to uh, to do that, to facilitate the excellence in podcasting that we do every week, is of course the command line godfather, Mr. Chris Neves. Hi, Christopher. Hello, hello. Welcome to the show, everyone. And his counterpart, his, the yen to his yang. Wait a minute. That didn't sound good. Uh, Mr. Seth Anderson, the gooey kid. Hi, Seth. Hey, Mark. Hello, Linux land. Of course, I probably wouldn't have said any better to say yang to his yang, yen. Just, yeah, and well, when you when you follow it up with the gooey kid, that's like strike two to start off It's with, like a gooey so. yang something. Yeah. yeah. That's just not good. <laughs> nope. So welcome back, Chris. Um, did you break anybody's nose last week while you were gone? No, I didn't. Um, well, what good are you then? I can actually say I did not. I am not allowed to spar anymore since I blew up my knee. Oh. So that's uh, I'm kind of have to hang my head there. But I did take home the second place trophy for adult board breaking. So that's a good thing. So you have to hit things that don't hit back. That's the rule. That's right. Yeah. And, and, you know, so I, my, my whole thing was is I was going to make the black belts jump when I was breaking things, and I succeeded, so that works for me. So uh, <laughs> what, what's, uh, how, what's, how does that go? How does the competition of breaking boards go? Is it the, the number, the speed, the combinations? How does that – what are they judging you on? Um, at this particular tournament, it was – for my belt ranking, it was you had three stations to break boards at. You had a maximum of six boards. Uh, they vary the points given on how by how many boards you break and the difficulty of the breaks that you do on each one. And so what I kind broke. Of, what kind of boards are we talking about here? Like six by six lumber ties. Um, railroad ties. That, no, they're not quite railroad ties. They're just <laughs> planks, basically of wood. I wish I had one here I could show off and measure it. Um, I don't remember the measure the, the so dimensions. It's, it's not Mr. Well, Miyagi breaking that giant tree trunk in Oklahoma. No. No, 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 not 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 quite that level yet. We'll get there, but uh, no, uh, they're just—I don't know. I, I don't even think they're one by. They're, I don't think they're one by sixes, but they're close. But yeah, they're they're not very thick. They're usually made out of pine, so they don't give too much resistance. But when you start stacking them four high, then they start getting a little hard. Right. So. So the challenge um, is not to get through the first one, but to get through the last one, right? <laughs> it's something like that. But yeah, uh, I I took second place, even though I only broke five of the six boards. Um, I think if I probably would have had a better chance at first if I would have broke all six. But that stack of four just was a little too much. Well, the angle was too much, I should say. Instead of coming down at a 90 degree to the plane of the board, I came down at like 85, 70. So the top board slid. So almost got it all. I don't know. It still sounds pretty... Uh, kung fu movie to me. Well, I'll, uh, I'll you know what, Mark. The next time I see, you, I'll stack up four boards and see if you can go through them with one hit. Yeah, I'm not complaining. I'm saying it sounds cool. <laughs> uh, I, my it kids, is cool. My kids had a uh, fall festival at their school, and one of the booths they had there was board breaking. And these little like pieces of paneling, uh, eighth of an inch, maybe even sixteenth of an inch thick, and they'd let the kids break those, and you know they felt cool because they were all karate. And so you'd yep. have these four-year-olds going, hey and breaking. Of course, an ant could have broken one of those, but it didn't matter because it was cool. Right. right. That is, that sounds pretty cool. So it was like, pay your token and break a board. Uh, and, and the kids loved it. It's, it's good fun for me. It's, it's my way of getting out at least twice a week and burning off some of the extra, the energy and extra calories I've accumulated for the week in my nice, easy chair of a <laughs> lifestyle. So, right. uh, Seth, have you broken anything this week? Um, no, I have not. Not yet. 
Well, because it's only Sunday, you know. All right. Um, well, happy Halloween. It's not Halloween tonight, but by well, the day this show comes out, it will be. So uh, I hope that you are enjoying it in whatever way you do, that it is a um, safe and wholesome activity. I was commenting, with somebody, commenting with somebody at work recently that uh, Halloween for adults has turned into uh, an excuse for normal women to dress like sluts. Have you have you noticed that you you go look at adult Halloween costumes and it's like you know the the naughty nurse with a skirt just past the waist and and a, a plunging neckline and you know I don't remember costumes like that when I was a kid maybe they wore them and I just didn't notice because I was a kid but that seems to be a relatively new thing. Well, it's think of it this way: we convince the women to dress like that. So, uh, you know, it was, it's clever marketing by all of the guy <laughs> marketing departments out there. So we owe them a debt of gratitude. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to how that works. <laughs> um, it, I read, I was listening to another podcast, uh, and it was the comic con guys who, you know, really not, well, not the convention guys, not specifically comic con, but these guys who go around and go to conventions and, and really put a lot of effort into their cosplay uh, refer to Halloween night as amateur hour, where these guys, you know, get out and just throw a sheet over themselves and and call it a costume. Um, I'm okay with that. I don't even. I usually go trick or treating as a dad with his kids. Yep, that's my costume. That's usually me too. I'm I'm going to try this year to uh to pull off the whole um absent minded pr- professor. Ah. I think that kind of fits my personality quite well. But with it being in the middle of a week this year, um, people are taking that opportunity to have like seven Halloween parties. Like all last weekend, Friday and Saturday and Sunday, they were Halloween parties. And then Wednesday, there's going to be something. And then thir- this weekend, there'll be something. It's um, it's interesting because it's in the middle. They, they're really stretching it out. It's like a, a week of candy and slutty costumes. Not there that again, I won't I'm not going to complain. Yeah. <laughs> Does anybody dress up at your work? Last Friday was dress up day because it was casual Friday, and this is that was the the only Friday before Halloween. Uh, so they all, not they all, a, a group of people dressed up, and it was weird. You know, you're in an office building, eleventh floor. Uh, you know, business uh, machines all over the place, Cube Farm. And people dressed in costume, and it just was very surreal to me. <laughs> it's like out of a bad horror movie. Yeah. Is that what you're getting at, Mark? I mean, I spent a lot of time in in uh, schools, and so you might see the elementary school teachers dressing up, but it was never widespread. This was very widespread, and and it was just bizarre to me. Just goes to show how much everyone loves Halloween and all that free candy. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not I'm a fuddy-duddy when it comes to halloween i i can find nothing good about it i have nothing good to say about it uh, you know you you think about it look at what the kids are doing they're going house to house begging and threatening give me something <laughs> or bad will happen to you um and i you know I, if, if it weren't for my wife she's she's one of those halloween people not halloween specifically but holidays every holiday whatever it is columbus day we have a special set of coasters that go on the table uh, you know everything I made that up, but there's, there's, she's a big Halloween. Her family was big into to just holidays in general. And if it were up to me, I, we wouldn't do it at all. And when we had kids, we didn't, we just turned the lights off and went to bed at eight o'clock and just, you know, just didn't care. And then when my kids were born, I was like, I will buy you a bag. We'll go to Walmart. You can point at the bag of candy you want and we'll just get it over with. Why do we have to do this? But now they're dragging me into it. <laughs> well, good for them. Give you some of that holiday spirit. Personally, I'm one of those Halloween type people. I love Halloween. It's uh one of the few holidays that just I don't know, I just like doing everything about it. For example, me and all my family sat down and carved pumpkins yesterday. Uh so we carved four jack-o'-lanterns uh ranging from difficulty from the 4-year-old's simple four, you know, two eyes, nose and a mouth 
to something as abstract and as complicated as my son and my uh, so he did Men- was it Maleficent in her dragon form on the front of the pumpkin, and I did uh, the three characters Lock, Shock, and Barrel from The Nightmare Before Christmas. Wow. <laughs> yeah, they, they. I'll have pictures up later because I my hands hurt so bad this morning after carving and scratching out those characters that I barely can hold a pen today. So, yeah. Um, pictures will come later when I can actually grip the camera properly to take a picture. Now, we were going to... Uh, we had two pumpkins that we were going to decorate, uh, and we had a, a bale of straw that my wife bought at, I don't know, the local Michaels or whatever, uh, and they were just sitting out on the front porch as decoration. And somebody stole them. Somebody stole our pumpkins and our bale of straw. <sighs> Why would somebody do that? Um, So, yeah, we went out this afternoon to get them to – we don't know when it happened because we're not watching over the pumpkins. Uh, But it was, you know, Saturday, Sunday afternoon, let's let's go carve some pumpkins. And we go out there and they're gone. Very bizarre. Welcome to someone's Maybe someone's horse was hungry. (laughs) Yeah, it was – somebody on Facebook said a horse who wanted pumpkin pie did it. (laughs) So, uh, that's it. Uh, Seth, Scott, you guys got anything to say about Halloween? Well, I have a six-year-old. This is Scott. And so my kids love them, love the Halloween. So I have to walk around outside with them, make sure they don't get uh, hit by a car or whatever. And then I will steal a piece of candy here or there. But um, my wife is like your wife. She wants to buy decorations for every holiday out there. And then she has to buy them before the holiday. And then after the holiday's over and everything <laughs> goes on sale, then she has to buy the good deals, you know. So we have boxes and boxes of decorations. But it doesn't matter what we have. We always need more. Of course. No, I, I realized something. <laughs> Maybe it is. Yeah. Yeah. I realized something last year. Uh, Last year, I went uh, with a group of friends of mine who have made it their purpose in life to bring back the fun in Halloween. And so we did like um, haunted houses and like uh, these uh, supposedly haunted places in and around the uh, St. Louis area, St. Louis, Missouri. And while I was going through those, I realized that that would be an awesome place to take a date. Because when somebody jumps out to scare them, like, you know, all the girls would, like, jump into their guy's arms. I was like, man, I got to ask somebody out and take them to some of these things. But, uh, so, and, but, you know, just because, you know, they're not allowed to really. Sobbing, screaming, running in fear. That sounds like most of my dates, actually. (laughs) But, you know, they were a lot of fun. The, the haunted houses and, or, and they weren't just houses. They were like, almost like haunted theme parks, um. But it turned out to be a lot of fun, and I was sad I couldn't afford to go this year. So, you see, haunted houses have no appeal to me. Uh, right? It's it, I don't know. I we we I, I'm I'm just I'm, I don't care about it. I don't watch scary movies, quote unquote scary movies. There are basically three genres of horror movie there's the slashing uh, slasher movie where a guy jumps out and slashes you there's the the startle where just things jump out and scare you um and there's the torture porn where it's just you know people being tortured and, and blood and guts none of those things appeal to me in any way and when you go to a haunted house it's those same things it's people jumping out at you or people trying to gross you out and you know some guy coming at you with a chainsaw without a chain on it um, that, you know, he can't hurt you or a syringe that doesn't have a needle on the end of it. Or, you know, w- when I was like 14 and realized these are people who are making eight bucks an hour, they they can't hurt me. They will, they will be sued if they hurt me. There is no danger here. It just became boring at that point. Right. But you know, it's, you got to do the whole suspend disbelief thing. Uh, yeah, I was just never been good so, at that. I just, yeah, I've, that. I was just going to tell you, Mark, it sounds like you just, you know, you, you killed your holiday because I still love haunted houses. Um, there's one, I think, up in Canada that runs all year round for the haunted house, and they, they, they have little surprise cams all over. So when you get shocked and, and odd or whatever, they post those pictures up onto the web. 
And if you make it all the way through without wimping out, you get a badge to take home with you. Um, but I've, I, one of these days I'm going to go to it just because I love those haunted houses. I love being scared. Um, I don't like the gross out the torture porn like you're talking about, but the jump scares, I love them. They, they make yeah. my heart race and I just, oh, they're fun. All right. Well, that's enough of me being a fuddy duddy. A uh, bah humbugger. <laughs> since we're such huge Apple fanboys on this show, let's talk about the new mini pad. Um, and Windows 8, both of which came out this week. Do we have to? Really? Um, we have to? Oh. Well, we have to mention them. Yeah, I so think that's actually, that's enough. We're done now. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, no, I do think uh, there is one good point about Windows 8. Um, I got, I had to play with it some Friday at work. And thanks to Windows 8, GNOME 3 is no longer my most hated desktop <laughs> interface. So, um, you know, it did knock Linux off the top position of uh, hated desktop interfaces. So it can't be all bad, right? I, I saw right, an you- ad just today for uh, I forget the company that made it. maybe HP, but they're they're bringing back the convertible laptop, the flip around laptop. They're you know they're based on ultrabooks now, so they're a lot thinner. I was like, didn't you right. try that 15 years ago and nobody wanted it? But you know they're trying it again, and I, I, I guess with Windows 8, that's sort of the thing, right? Because when you're in tablet mode, you've got the tablet interface, and when you want to go to computer mode, you've got the Tablet, tablet interface. interface. <laughs> yep. Yep. And when you want to cuss Microsoft, you have the tablet interface. And when you want to thank Microsoft, you go back to Windows Seven. Um, I don't know or XP. Uh, Windows Nine. That that'll be the the fix of Windows Eight, right? Well, you know, maybe. But I think Microsoft is. I think they're all in on this as a company. I think they're never going to make a desktop OS again. Because even when you go to the desktop, you really can't do anything. Uh, you know, um, I know there's some hack out there to bring a start mutton Mac. Um, I'm gonna have to look into that because I'm not liking the. I'm not liking it for a desktop. You know, again, the thing I liked about Migo was for for the netbook. You know, I wouldn't have liked the Migo interface on a desktop, but for a netbook, it was really good. For a desktop computer. Um, and really, even a laptop computer, Windows 8 is a okay tablet interface, I guess. Yeah, of course, we've we've been poo-pooing this whole tabletizing OSs forever. Um, you know, and, and we, we're all well on record as saying we don't like it. So, big news, Windows 8 comes we, out and none of us like it. And right. we still don't like it. Yeah. By the way... Still don't like it, um, and it's not. It doesn't have anything to do with the operating system. I'm, I'm sure because it's basically Windows Seven, and I like Windows Seven, so right. I have no complaints about the operating system. I just it's the interface, the fact that they're um, forcing you into a tablet environment, even though you're not on a tablet, bothers me. Um, yeah, and I've this uh, same to you, Ubuntu, Mark Shuttleworth. I know you listen to this show every week. And you hang on our every word. Stop it! Just stop it. Well, Microsoft hey, needs it to be successful so they can shoehorn people into their phones or mobile devices where yep. they don't have a foothold. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, they're trying to—they're trying to say that it's just Windows, whether it's on the desktop or the phone or tablet. It's just Windows. Uh, you know, and I get that. That's that makes sense for them as a company, but I have to wonder, you know, um, in 2022, ten years from now, will we be looking at Microsoft as an also ran company? Will they be the IBM? You know, still around, still big, but not consequential in any way. I, I think they're headed that way. Well, yeah, I mean, is is the underlying OS going to matter at all? Is it just going to be a portal to get you to the cloud? You know. Is Microsoft going to have their, instead of like a Chromebook, are they going to have a WinBook? You know, and that's going to be the legacy of Microsoft. You have your WinBook, you have your iPad, and you have your Chromebook. So has has different ways to get to competing cloud infrastructures. And it doesn't really matter what you're running, unfortunately. And once you're in the cloud, you can like things. And liking things makes people rich. Oh, well, I was um, 
I came across this and I wanted to share because you know I'm a I'm a uh, you know tinfoil visor kind of guy. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I'm trying to. I'm trying to get some traction on that. I really like it. Um, I don't know. I'm sure. Do y'all see on Facebook where like you know, you know, you see there's like a picture of a guy and it's like type like this photo and type the word jump and see what happens yeah, next. Yeah. And um, what they do is somebody just puts that up and so you like it. And they get hundreds or thousands of people to like it. And then what happens is if they can get to some number, like say a hundred thousand likes, well, they can sell that for a few hundred bucks. And then somebody can change the information on that page you liked. And now, you know, you're going to start being, uh, scammed and bombarded with, uh, spam, except you know, now it's Facebook spam instead of email spam. And since they can also see when you like something, when you like a page, you give that page access to your Facebook demographics. So now they have your contact information and your friends list and they can start pumping out their uh, spam and churning up the uh, internet with their garbage. And, you know, because so you don't think about elementop.com, it. click on the Facebook like link and like <laughs> us at, at facebook.com slash Right. Well, but but that's the difference because you're going to a page. It's not just some right. photo that's trying to trick you in there. And people say, oh, I want to see what happens or, oh, look at the cute kitty cat because, you know, there's there's not many cat pictures on the Internet. So you can <laughs> like everyone you see. And uh, it's just one of those things. People don't realize how much of themselves they put online. And then when they go and do stuff like that, they don't realize I mean, you wouldn't let some stranger come in and say, okay, you can walk around my house and look at anything you want to, but you can't go in that one bedroom. But, you know, you wouldn't let a perfect stranger walk around your house and look at the magazines on your table and go through, flip through your mail and see who's sending you stuff and what they're sending you and go through your caller ID and look who's calling you. But that's exactly what you're doing whenever you just, oh, I'm going to click here. I don't, I didn't see anything bad happen. So. I just, I wanted to put it out there. Um, and it's not so much, you know, people who listen to this show probably already know that, but there's a link and it'll be in the show notes that you can, this is a good way to explain to people what is going on. And of course they won't care because it's a cute picture, but at least you can say, this is what's going on. So I just wanted to share that with our audience. That reminds me of a webcast I just watched from Sophos. They had a thing about, uh, the money behind malware, and that was one of the things they brought up uh, during that webcast. And it was a very—I um, don't know if—I think it's still available if you go to their if you go to sophos.com and register for that webcast. But it's uh, the money behind malware, and it's it, a lot of it was old news for me. But there was some of the stuff in there that I didn't know about, and it was really interesting to watch. Um, I, I, yeah. Now I just want to preface this statement with with explaining that we began this recording. Uh, literally minutes, mere moments, after my beloved Cowboys went belly up against the hated Giants. So yep. I have my grumpy pants on. So let just preface that, you know, understand everything I say on this podcast comes in the context of I have my grumpy pants on. I don't care if stupid people get scammed by Facebook. If you're so dumb as to think you can click on a like button and a picture will change you deserve to be scammed that's all i have it, it boggles my mind when i see these things and it's got like seventy-five thousand comments on it Seventy-five thousand people said jump and another fifty thousand ever went nothing happened for me i don't care make them make them all suffer they deserve it Right, but then what happens is one of your friends does it, and all of a sudden you're getting ads on your timeline. Hey, you want to lose 400 pounds in one day? Click this link and buy this product. Hey, you know, is your marriage suffering? Well, here's where you can get cheap Canadian Viagra or Cialis or something. Yeah, my so, marriage is suffering because I need to lose 400 pounds. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it's one of those, it doesn't, if you don't, you know, and it's the same reason why companies give away free antivirus to home users. Yes, they're stupid, and in one sense, they deserve what happens to them. But in another sense, you know, um, bot armies affect us all, and they make the rest of the un internet unusable for those of us who 
know what to do. So that's my rebuttal to your let them eat cake. Uh, <laughs> this this one, this link that you've got here has 26,114 likes, 258,994 comments. Now, right. the, in Facebook, when a comment and a, and a like are different, uh, a comment actually gives you more juice than a like. So, so... 226,000 people liked it. 258 people commented on it. And and Facebook considers that a higher uh, level of engagement. And therefore, you're more likely to see stuff. Actually, 258,994. What did I say? So you said just 258. Oh, excuse me. So 258,000. Yeah. yeah. So almost 260,000 people uh, commented on that. And then the ones who said, nothing happened for me. And, and that's two comments. Facebook said, oh, they're really engaged with this person. Let's make sure yep. they see even more of this stuff in the future. Right. And then so the one who did that photo sells it or sets up a, uh, you know, uh, online, whatever, whatever they're trying to make money off of, cheap garbage they're pushing out. And because they've interacted with that website, all of a sudden now in their new stream, they're getting ads for, you know, cheap pharmacy, right. uh, whatever. And, uh, but yeah, it's just, it, and true, I mean, if, if you're dumb enough to think that's going to happen, okay, but then it affects us all. So, and probably the people who are dumb enough to click on it and comment and recomment and recomment again are dumb enough to buy the fake Viagra ads too. So right. It's yeah. the same, it's the same sort of cesspool of human debris that is Facebook. Right. Yes. Which I had heard that they did finally top the one billion mark. I uh, I was so bummed when it happened. Once again, Facebook.com slash Elementopi. Because <laughs> you can see I'm I'm very big on the platform and I'm bullish on it. So well, I just wanted to butt in and say I do not do Facebook. I am a social pariah. You know I do well, you- I I do for friends and family. My rule on Facebook is I don't friend you. Unless I actually know you, unless I could have at some point in my life, you know, spoken with you or shaken your hand, shaked your hand, shook your hand, something to that effect. Um, I don't, I don't, and sometimes I get uh, listeners to the show who want to friend me. And I, while I appreciate that, no, it's not going to happen. That we have the Element Opie fan page, you can do that. But my personal page um, is just that. It's for my friends and my family. So I have like around 100 people there. Um, I think even a little less. And my Twitter followers are even even worse. Because again, my rule is I, I want the signal to noise ratio to be very high. I want high signal, low noise. And the way you do that is being very selective about who you add. So it's uh, it's my old classmates, but only the ones that I actually cared to talk to. And it's my family, and it's my friends, and and a few extended uh, friends. But uh, I'm I am liberal with the ignore button, and even more liberal with the unfriend button. Yep. You. I need to start the unfriend thing. I haven't done that in a while. It's time to go back and prune. You spam but, my feed with some stupid Cityville or Chefville or something <laughs> game twice. You get you get one strike. The second strike. I'm done. I'm unfriending you. I don't want that garbage in my feed. But whatever you do, don't do the, I'm about to clean up my friends list and you might not make it. Wah, wah, wah. You know, drama <laughs> drama kings and queens abound. Oscars are relatively cheap on Facebook. Everybody's going for them. <laughs> I did post one time a while back. I said uh, uh, something to the effect of this game spam is getting ridiculous. If I unfriend you and we're friends, it's because you play games. And you're welcome to do it, but I'm going to unfriend you. And one of the chief offend- offenders wrote me back and and was like, well, I love the games and they keep me yada, yada, yada. I'm fine. I didn't say you can't play the games. I said, I'm going to unfriend you. Accept that. It's going to happen. Pulling up my grumpy pants now. <laughs> okay. So off to the grumpy pants and on to the soapbox? Or did you just <laughs> interchange those today? I'm standing on the soapbox wearing my grumpy pants. Ah, 
So uh, the newest Linux kernel that we talked about a couple of weeks ago seems to have a data corruption problem. That's not good. No, never good. Did you put that in there, Chris? Yes, I did. Um, it's a kernel where it, it ha- the bug happens when you are mounting and unmounting an EXT4 uh, partition. I really don't think it would happen too often to most people because you're not mounting and unmounting an EXT4 partition re- repeatedly and rapidly. Um, but I could see it coming up if, let's say, you have an external hard drive that you're that's EXT4 or 3 or 3.5 or whatever version of um, EXT that you're running. Maybe on an external hard drive it could happen, but I don't think it would happen on your main hard drive in your heart in your computer. Yeah, I came across a different article that referenced it, and they called it the Lance Armstrong bug because it doesn't trip any particular warning systems, but nonetheless resorts in abnormal behavior. So uh, that's uh, I thought that was kind of weird. And my question to you, Chris, since you're like the uh, inner command line godfather, do you think it would be possible to like somehow package something that could trigger this on purpose? Like, could they craft a web page or you know some type of attack? I'm just I'm just asking, you know, where and of course it'll probably be fixed long before that ever happens. But where you you click on this link and execute some JavaScript or something that causes you to do this in a uh, that causes your computer to do this in a way that would harm your data um i would have to say probably no on the simple fact that if you're going to unmount and remount your your root partition um that would like take your whole system down and and right. where, or do things to your system that you wouldn't it would warn you about in big letters you know warning this is not what you're supposed to be doing uh, and you'd also have to give up your root password then too, in order to run that type of a command, because only root can unmount or mount, or can only mount a system file. Or a, so a you'd have to be addition. running as root, which we all know is a bad idea, and disregard a number of system warnings. So it's highly unlikely. But if you click like on Facebook enough, it could happen. <laughs> right. Cool. It's interesting we're calling it the Lance Armstrong bug. Was it accused of blood doping? Is I, I don't understand the reference. Well, well, it doesn't trip any particular warnings because, you know, he passed all the tests he took, <laughs> okay. but nonetheless resorts in abnormal behavior. So, um, you know, the problem and the reason he passed all of his tests is because 30 of the 31 other top 31 finishers, you know, they were using the exact same stuff. So uh, anyway, there's my Lance Armstrong was hung out to dry complaining well you know uh, let's 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 talk about that very briefly because i totally agree with you um was he doing something that is technically against the rules yes if he had not done that would he have not won championships i don't think so it's like pete rose he still hit all those home runs even though he was a gambler uh we yeah. have we have to find a better way to sanction people than to lie and say you didn't do the thing that you did because he really did so, right. Okay. Enough about he, that. Uh, you know, he won in college and dominated, um, and then all of a sudden he turned pro, and he couldn't place in the top at all. You know, from one of the top cyclists in the world at the collegiate level to a, a crappy average professional biker. I mean, that that should tell the average <laughs> sports fan that something was wrong. And, okay. And why is it? It's because everybody else was blood doping. Right. So speaking of steam. Um, Steam for Linux, we've we've said many times, is on its way. You can now sign up to be one of their beta testers uh, at uh, valvesoftware.com slash linuxsurvey.php. you got to love it when they end their, their URLs in .php. Um, they're looking for experienced Linux users and experienced Steam users. So if you fit the bill, you can apply to be one of their beta testers. I wonder if anybody on this show has done that. Uh, um, yeah, me, me. Raise my hand and wave it vigorously in the air. Um, I would love to be this, but I don't know if I'm going to be a chosen. But uh, I put my name in the hat, so we'll see if it happens. Yeah. Many are called, Chris, if you are chosen. <laughs> and, and basically their, their website, uh, I'm paraphrasing heavily, says, 
don't expect stuff to work. Expect yep. to report lots of failures. So if you're just doing this because you want to play Steam games on Linux, you probably are doing it for the wrong reasons. You're here to help us find and, and stamp out bugs. Did they put a, yep. the, we're not going to be boxy and screw you once it starts working disclaimer on it? Well, why would they do that? Because that's their business model, of course. <laughs> but yeah, the questionnaire was pretty pretty mundane. It was basically, how long have you been doing Linux? How long have you been Steam? Um, which the Steam question could have been just looked up in their company records. Right. But uh, yeah, they asked all the, the usual questions. How long have you been a Linux person? What operating system, what version of Linux do you run? Um, yeah, just the usual gambit of things. It was a. But, it took me two minutes to fill out the form, so we'll see if I actually, if I get it, you guys will know. I'll be. Did they ask you for about joy. bandwidth? No, they did not ask good. about bandwidth because I would have been probably <laughs> immediately disqualified yeah. for that. That's good for you that they didn't ask that. <laughs> uh, so yep. the the whole Apple Samsung thing rages on. We didn't talk about it, but last week, um, the uh, in the UK. The same suit that happened that that Apple won in the U.S., they Apple lost in the European Union, and the EU said the EU not, said only, not did only did you lose, but you have to apologize to Samsung. So, um, if you go, they had to take a I think an ad out in in some major newspapers, and then if you go to Apple's website, they did say it doesn't have to be on the front page. So, but it's somewhere on Apple's website. Is basically we're sorry. We didn't mean to say we too copied us. And then the United States um, Patent and Trademark Office, they filed an initial ruling declaring that the uh, the rubber band patent, you know, the, the bounciness yeah. was invalid. So that was one of the uh, central linchpins of Apple's thing. And they said it was either um, anticipated by prior art or in some cases obvious. So basically the the technicality that allowed Apple to win because, uh, well, anyway, I won't get into that, but the, the thing that their victory was based on was declared invalid. So, you know, I'm sure I just didn't find the article where Samsung has filed, you know, an appeal or something, or I'm sure that it'll be dismissed now, even though it already seemed like it was going to be dismissed. So, yeah. So basically if you, if you're not an Apple user and you don't know, when you're scrolling down a long list and you get to the bottom, the list bounces. It's a visual indicator that you've hit the bottom. Or when you're scrolling up to the top, you get to the top, it bounces. Uh, and uh, Samsung's devices do. In fact, Android, up until Ice Cream Sandwich, made use of that. Uh, it doesn't anymore because of this lawsuit. Uh, and so Apple was saying that was infringement. That if you make a scroll uh, list that bounces you're impinging on our patent. They actually had a patent for it. So that they were true. They was right. If you do this, you're impinging on our infringing on our patent. Um, but the U S patent office said, you know, on second thought that patent's no good. You don't have it anymore. It never, we're vacating it. So, um, I think we can all agree that the U S patent system is horribly broken. You think? Horrendously broken. <laughs> yes. It was good for a while. And we still need something, but we need to write some new stuff. I've heard some people advocate throwing out all patents and starting over. I think that's a little harsh, uh, but we need to reevaluate whether or not you can patent ideas or whether it actually has to be a thing. Part of it would have experts in, the, in that particular field be involved in the patent office and not some accountant or, you know, number cruncher bean counter who is great at what they do, but don't really know um, about programming and stuff. So anyway, there you go. I fixed the patent system. Next topic. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going <laughs> to we're going to get away from the news. If there's one of these stories that you just want, have to do, uh, let me know and we'll do it. But otherwise, we've had Scott waiting in the wings now for 40 minutes. Maybe we should let him say something. Sure. All right. Something. Oh, okay, good. Now, back to the news. Uh, <laughs> so, Scott, uh, first off, just tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, follow that up by telling us what a lug is. 
Okay, I'm Ancient. I'm 48 years old. I live in the Bozeman, Montana area, and I've been involved with Linux since 1995 and the Linux user groups, which is what LUG stands for, um, since 1998. So for quite a while now. Um, Long-time Linux user. I was using Linux before Windows 95 came out. So, wow. so what, what? I don't need to say anymore, do I? So you got fed up with Windows 3.1 and, and or, or DOS? Is that what? Actually, actually, I've been a contrarian all my life, and I didn't really use no. Windows or DOS. I was an Atari ST user prior to that time. So, but my wife got a PC from Sears, a Packard Bell in uh late 94 so i'm like oh this thing has windows on it i have to use windows i don't think so so luckily it only took me about two months to find something else to dual boot on it. so that's how i got into linux <laughs> so i could use her computer so without using dos and windows 3.1 <laughs> awesome so uh tell us a little bit about a linux user group we've mentioned them on this show a few times but we've never gone into any detail about it uh is it like a tupperware party for geeks what what goes on at a meeting of a lug uh well i can only speak on the few that i've attended and the different groups around in memphis i've been to one in seattle uh but mostly just in billings and bozeman montana um but it has varied over time the long time i've been associated with them and it can be just helping new users um showing new technology or sort of therapy just talking around and networking with people and you know just socializing it's socializing in another form um and then once a group has been around long enough um it's hard to keep you know the topics coming and and it's kind of like a marriage you kind of get bored and or a podcast yeah, you, you coexist <laughs> you just don't try to fight but every once in a while you have fights but Anyway, it's fun. I've enjoyed it. I'd like to get some new blood in there to replace me, and I've tried that several times over the years, but it just doesn't happen. So uh, how often does the uh, – is there a name for your lug? Is, are you like the Panthers? you have like team shirts sponsored by Billy Ray's Tire Barn or something? Uh, no. Most no. of the, the ones in Montana, we just take the city name and then slap on lug at the, at the back of it. So it's the Bozeman lug, the Billings lug. Um, we're not sponsored. They're all informal organizations without voting or, or uh, dues taking or any of that sort of stuff. I, I and we you, meet, I we hope meet you don't once think a I'm, month okay, uh, once for a about month. two to three hours. I, I hope you don't think I'm making fun of you. I'm literally ignorant about what uh, a log does. And so these are the things that I've imagined over the years. It's, it's a bunch of neckbeards and bandana guys uh, sitting around a bunch of old broken computers complaining about the fact that the driver for their 17 year old network card doesn't work. That's always, that's what I've imagined it to be. Well, a lot of it does involve complaining about work or friends or working on family computers and that sort of thing. So like I said, it is sort of therapy, um, but I'm sure you've been involved with some group of people that's on a hobby oriented topic at all. Come on. Uh, you know, I've been involved Fantasy in professional football. organizations. <laughs> Uh, I do all that online. I don't meet with those people. They're 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 nerds. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, nerd is the new sexy. They say, although yeah. I would never say that about myself. Thank you very much. Well, it had, and, that that attitude hasn't made it to East Texas yet. I can tell you. And so. if you're waiting for one of us to call you sexy, just keep waiting. It's yeah. <laughs> so, um, how many people typically attend your lug meetings? Well, in the Bozeman area, we have about three to six people. If we have a really good topic with uh, someone maybe from out of town or something, we might have 20 people. And, and what, what kind what a, what a this show is for the, the everyday user, hence the name Everyday Linux. The, the guys who aren't the super uh, geeky guys, um, you know, of course, there are those of us who listen. Um, but uh, th that's not who this show is for. What, d does the everyday guy have a place at a lug? Uh, we would sleep. We don't look next to you. The vast majority 
people who attend our meetings are gamer types. So geeky people. And we have our own language and all. But it's not because we, you know, dismiss everyday Linux people. I, I'm not sure there are everyday Linux people. Well, maybe that's why this show doesn't have any a bigger audience than it does. No comments from me on that. So, yeah, I, I'm just wondering if uh, I have seen it in forums. I've seen people say, uh, you know, if you need help, if you're running into trouble, see if there's a local lug and see if those guys can can help you out. Um, and I just wonder, in your experience, you've, you've, you're a leader of one, you've been a part of another, is that good advice? I would say yes. We usually get a couple of your uh, people out of the blue who contact us on the emailing list, and we help them. Almost always, we have some answer for them. Um, every once in a while, maybe not. But there are some everyday Linux. I think sometimes they don't choose to be. Someone gave them something, and they have no idea how to use it, and they're just, help me pull my head out. So those people don't last long, but... Um, I don't know. I, I kind of think there aren't everyday Linux people. <laughs> Not yet. We're working. I don't on know that, if I though. want everyday Linux people. I, I, well, that, that's interesting. Let's let's approach that because that uh, you know, I've spoken before. I, I've said that oftentimes uh, one of the uh, most deleterious aspects of the Linux community is, in fact, the Linux community. Uh, they they often uh, are elite people who like that way and don't want to be bothered by the normals. Um, so, I mean, you, you sort of alluded to that. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I can be just as cocky as anybody else, but in seriousness, um, I just don't want Linux to be dumbed down and to be taken uh, a hold of by the masses where it becomes a big target for hackers to, to break into people's systems. I like being an, uh, a less popular system. I mean, it does what I want. I've been using it forever, so I'm happy with it. I don't really need everyone else to use it so that I feel good. I'm happy where I'm at. So you're a big fan of uh, Mark Shuttleworth and his work with the Linux kernel. Um, he doesn't bother me too much. I don't think he's been that successful. I, I believe he just wants to ramp up uh, Canonical so he can sell it just like he did with his SSL certificate company and, you know, get a big batch of money. More power to him, but I don't see that happening any, anytime soon. Kind of hard to sell a free product. Um, I don't know. Mac McAfee did a pretty good job of it for a long time. No, they sold a crappy product. There's a difference. <laughs> uh, so if, <clears throat> if um, Linux approached critical mass and and you know for years now the linux pundits have been saying this is the year we're on the cusp this is what's going to the, the, the linux is going to tip over the edge and become the dominant desktop platform if that happened I, I have often contended that the 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 uber geeks in the linux world would move on to something else because they don't want to be part of the mainstream uh do, do, is that um in line with what you've seen uh, in the lug world as well? Um, I kind of agree with that, but we're such creatures of habit that I don't think we change just because more people started using it. Now, if the distro started changing to accommodate all those people, then you know we would maybe go to a different distribution or something, but I think we'd still use Linux. Now, like for example, if they realize, started making though, a new operating system, a windowing system, that's specifically designed for tablets and pushing it out on every desktop uh, version they do, that would be a bad thing? Uh, I, don't, I don't mind having choice out there, so I'm not necessarily anti-anything. I just don't, you know, no one's going to make me use it, so that's fine. Nice softball, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> but I do, I like GNOME 3. I like GNOME 3, I like KDE 4. Uh, I'll use pretty much everything. I use them under different circumstances. You're the one. Somebody has to like GNOME 3. We found the guy. This is the one. <laughs> I like, I like it, too. it at first, but then I actually <laughs> yeah. used it for a while, and it grew on me. It yeah, gives me something it right to complain there. about. So it's, it's like a fungus. <laughs> it's it really grow. not that different. Yeah, and, and we, we, we lambasted uh, GNOME 3 uh, when it first came out, it's just because it wasn't ready. It was released before it was ready, but you know, just recently, the command line godfather over there 
came out with an officially endorsed Gnome 3. So, sort of. Closely. <laughs> now with 20% less suckage, I think was... Uh, I, I think that was the words I used. It, yeah, I'm still a KDE guy, and I will be probably till they break something to the point where I have to go back to Gnome. But uh, at this point, no, I'll, I'll, I'll stick with my KDE or my LXDE. So, Scott, you mentioned your uh, mailing list. Is that the primary backbone of a lug or is it your monthly meetings what uh, what what is the the thing that most defines a lug hmm. well we have a website we have an irc channel that we use uh most of us at work we have the luxury somehow to be on irc mostly during work hours and um i so i'd say we use irc a lot um, but yes mailing list website irc I used to do that. Used to be in the uh, Element OP channel all day, every day, until I stopped being the guy in charge of the network, and now I can't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, that Poor happens. Mark. So I, I, it sounds like your guys, the the people who are part of your log, are pretty much the guys who control the network. Yeah, we have one guy who uses a proxy or some SSL tunnel. You know, he's been told not to use certain things, not not personally, but just as a global policy. But he's found a way around it. Because as you said, Linux guys tend to be contrarians. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> Telling them not to do something is a surest way to get them to do it. You know, and I will say this psychology. about... <laughs> And I'll say this about the the IRC room that for at least for our for the Montana lugs, um, I've gotten great help from you guys. I, I I have to bow down to some of the guys, some of the the uh, answers you guys have fed me when I was stuck. So I appreciate having some sort of resource for you know more local than the Fedora channel that can be kind of crazy to get some help. Yeah, and we're not topic police either, so we like to talk about all kinds of things. Actually, we didn't even address that. Uh, the reason Scott is here is because he and Chris met through the uh, Bozeman area lug, right? Tell us a little bit about that, Chris. Well, it wasn't that we met through the lug. We, um, I found I was looking for help on a problem, and I was looking for a local lug to see how close one was. And that's when I stumbled across the website for the Billings and Bozeman lugs is on you know um, Montana Linux. And I, I was introduced to the IRC chat room from that. And since then, I've been, you know, I've been kind of a hanger. I kind of, you know, lurk around in the channel and kind of poke my head in there once in a while. And, you know, the, the, the guys over there have been just great for help when I need something or to bounce an idea off of them. Uh, so it, it's, it's nice to have somebody close or at least close enough to throw an idea at and know that you're not going to get swamped with, you know, a billion other people trying to get help. All right. Um, any other questions or comments from you guys? I, that's that. I'm just kind of stream of consciousing this, uh, consciousnessing. I'm going to make up a word. Let me make it up properly. Uh, so, uh, any other questions or comments? Is there a lug in your area? Couldn't tell you. I, I actually did a search for Atlanta lugs and it came up with a couple of pages that look like uh, they were made in the early 1970s and never updated. Um, so, you know, I don't know what's there. Or, uh, you know, if there's stuff out there, they just don't have a very good uh, uh, Google juice. Yeah, there is well, one. You know, in, everyone's on Facebook now, so they don't think they even need a web page anymore. Oh, I didn't even think to search Facebook. Yeah, uh, there is one in Dallas, and I know they they like merged and became a sub branch of just the computer users group. So, uh, is, is that something you've seen or came across? Um, I've been involved in general computer clubs, and like I said, Atari early on. Um, and there's programmers groups. There's all kinds of groups. I'm not sure what your question was, so I'm kind of <laughs> flubbing. But uh, I would say go look in your area and see if one exists. Find a lug, hunt it down, and go to one meeting just so you say you did. 
And then you can have criticisms based on reality rather than just this impression. Here we go. While we were talking, I just found the Atlanta uh, Linux Enthusiasts, the AL group. So uh, I'm guessing that their um, interests are both Linux and beer. <laughs> which seems to go together often. Yes, and they kinda do. And kind of goes hand in hand with that are Linux shows. We like to go to shows together, if at all possible. We go to the Northwest Linux Fest every year and gone now for like eight years. And I know Texas now has a, an annual Linux show. Has, has the Texas guy gone to that? And I'm sure there's something near Atlanta. Yeah, I have not gone. I tried to get Mark to go a couple of years ago um, uh, and to go with me and we looked at it and he's like, I don't think I want to go to this. So I didn't go by myself either. But Yeah, there was some reason. I think it was largely because I wasn't interested. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And back then I had the money and could have afforded to went. Now it'd be a little bit harder. So I'm just reading about the AL group here. It says AL is a diverse group of friendly people who enjoy the freedoms and benefits of GNU Linux computing and free, liberating open-source software technologies. So I like it when guys uh, use Stallman-approved languages. Um, from novices, novices to network administrators, from smartphones to data centers, we strive to empower every information technology user with freely distributable software to improve every computer environment with the superior security, functionality, and flexibility of open-source operating system solutions. So there you that. go. That is awesome right there. There's That's buzz market bingo right there. You got floss, but it's free liberating, not free in Libre. That's interesting. And you got uh, not Linux, but GNU Linux. So it's uh, all the appropriate euphemisms being used. Yes, a lot of copying and pasting going on in, uh, <laughs> in that Google page or Facebook page. I have a lot of respect for RMS, so, I mean, I can't be like him, but I can respect him. Well, yeah, I, that's a way, good way to put it. The man stands by his convention, convictions and has a rockin' beard. So I respect him for both of those things. Uh, I don't want to live the life he advocates, but uh, that's okay. And that's he will never be on the show because I refuse to call it GNU Linux. And since I refuse to call it that... He will never be on the show because that's one of his stipulations. If he's going to be, I'm sure he'll find plenty of stuff to do. Yeah, yeah, he's not going to. He's not going to miss uh, being on this show. But uh, I just, I can't do it. There's far more Linux in Linux than there is GNU these days. Ah, oh, come on! I set you up there. That was the jab. You're supposed to fight back on that one. What kind of a lug are you if you can't jump on that one? I don't know. Well, you know, we need all opinions out there, even the wrong ones. <laughs> there you go. Oh, wow. There you go. There. That's what I was looking for. That's what I was expecting from you, Scott. Right there. <laughs> Remember, grumpy pants. I'm I'm trying to poke a fight here. Yeah. Wait, well, no, this isn't new Linux table. either. But you know, if he was around, I would. Well, there you go. That's fair enough. So where do you stand on on? Well, I'm not even going to go there. Never mind. That's that's just a whole other thing that would just be me soapboxing again. So never mind. Oh, but Mark, you're so used to the soapbox. We'll I think it even has it, it has nice wear marks from your feet being on there. <laughs> oh. All right. Any other comments, uh, appropriate or otherwise, from from the group regarding? <laughs> Mr. Scott Dowdle. Uh, I'm going to say thanks, Scott. I appreciate you being on the show. Uh, and again, thanks for having that IRC channel. That's been such a great bounce board for me and improving my Linux usage from when I became just a, from when I was a novice command liner to, as Mark has dubbed me, the command line godfather. Well, that was actually Seth, but. Yeah, I, that was I, me. I, yeah. Oh, I oh, latched onto it. Uh, Seth actually named himself the Gooey Kid, so he he has named both yeah. of you. Yeah, I never could come up with a good one for you, so uh, I'll uh, I'm still I'm still trying. Yeah, Captain Grumpy Pants, <laughs> soapbox Mark. 
<laughs> I don't know. Uh, Scott, it's been great having you on. I appreciate you coming on and uh, um, and talking with us about Linux. I hope you uh, appreciated the uh, the good natured jibes. I don't I don't mean to insult you, but I, I was just having some fun. Oh, I can take it, and I can dish it out too. So no problem there. I love. It. I call it discussion. It's not go. arguing. You're not the first person to call me wrong. You're not the first person to call me wrong today. So, so it's fine. <laughs> well, you did ask for it. Yes, I've been married for 18 years. I know what it's like to be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you well, see I'm it in your wife all the time, all right? The time. Oh, oh. So. I didn't say that, honey. <laughs> no, but he asked me to, Barbie. <laughs> All right, well, uh, let's go on and do our tips of the week. Do we have a command line tip of the week, Mr. Godfather? You know, I was going to actually defer this to Scott because Scott's the guy who uh, kind of poked my ear in the way a little bit more in the direction of command lining when I first started out. So, Scott, do you have anything on the spot that we can that you can throw <laughs> so, out there? So, uh, wait, wait a minute. You just said, I'm, I was planning on deferring this, but I just didn't tell him. That's yep. what you just said. <laughs> I know I did. I like okay. putting people on the spot. Let's see if Scott can uh, come up with something. Okay. Uh, yeah, I have one for you. Maybe Excellent. I don't know if you've discussed it already or not, but uh, YouTube-DL is a really nice Python script that lets you download uh, videos from YouTube. You can see what formats are available, what resolutions, and then download stuff easily. They use it all the time. Uh, and is that something you can apt-get install? Or I believe yum install? so. I yum install it but yeah. Uh, yeah i'm sure you could app get it so so it's youtube-dl cool i'll add that to the notes i've never heard of that but that sounds handy it does sound handy so for all your copyright infringement needs <laughs> you can uh you can steal things from youtube directly from the command line that's great without the commercials even <laughs> without the commercials yeah you can skip those out huh yep all you right. can even download whole playlists with that thing if you want to. Oh, that's kind of cool. That is. Pretty neat. Anybody ever heard of a, a group, and I, I know the answer to this, but I'm going to say, I'm going to ask it anyway, called Van Canto? Nope. No. Just now. Just now. Go go to YouTube and search on Van Canto, V-A-N-C-A-N-T-O. They're an acapella heavy metal group. What? It's it's phenomenal. I know it's bizarre, but the stuff is actually really good. How do you spell it? V a n c a n t o. Van Canto. Uh, but when you said uh, uh, playlist, it made me think because they publish their own. They have a playlist you can click on, and um, they have you know dozens of songs that'll just play um, back to back. And it's just they do some covers of like classic metal stuff, and then some of their own. Uh, they call it Hero Metal Acapella. They're a German group, and so some of their songs are in German. Uh, but it's just it's just phenomenal. It's they do Master of the Puppets, of the full eight minute, twenty four second version, all acapella. There are well, actually, they have drums. They have real drums, but the bass and the guitars and everything is all the human voice. It's bizarre and cool mm-hmm. at the same time. I, I have I'm, as soon as this podcast is over, I'm going to listen to one. <laughs> So, uh, so you could YouTube dash DL Van Canto and have hours of listening enjoyment. Uh, so Seth, what is your link of the week? Well, it is a website I came across. It is techbargains.com and of course we'll put the link in there, but it is, has the, um, what name would suggest you can go and see um, technology deals. They kind of, it's kind of like an aggregator, a deal aggregator site in the web where you can get different, uh, it kind of finds the best product. So instead of going to all the different websites and looking to see how much they have each thing for, you can find it here. Like um, here's a, this is just on their front page under cell phones, the Google Nexus one uh, refurb unlocked for $94.95. I, I don't know if that's a good buy or not. Um, I bought the Nexus One for six hundred dollars when okay. it was new. So, Wait, how long ago was that though? Uh well, in in phone times, it's ancient. It was like three years ago. Right. So I don't know how much the ninety four ninety five would be today, but um, you know. So anyway, tech bargains with an s on the end dot com. So you can go and they, you know, you can 
select search deals by category and see what's there. So they also have a uh, you can go reviews and, and not, they even have like non-tech sections as well but compare prices and look for coupons and like so it like hey i really want to buy this from amazon i wonder if there's any amazon deals i don't know about well you can go here and see if there are any amazon coupons uh and they'll kind of tell you how to do them so you mean elementopi.com slash amazon well once you got the coupon that you found it on this site then you can go to elementopi.com slash amazon and order it um, and again not just amazon they also have like best buy coupons and all those that you can look and see so anyway it's just a, if you're going to be buying tech you can go here and at least get an idea of how much something is worth and see if there are any special deals out there i see here the pogo plug classic for 1999 i think i paid 56 or 57 dollars for mine and thought it was a good deal right uh, I, I love the pogo plug uh, they show it listed retail as seventy nine ninety nine. I didn't pay that for it, but twenty bucks, good deal. I like this. This is a, a neat site, Seth. Cool. Well, I try. I'm, uh, you know, I'm trying to increase the Element OP army, one link at a time. <laughs> Here you go, link bait, baby. Uh, all right. Any other comments, questions, concerns, uh, snide remarks before we say good night? I'm good. I got a lot of snide in there, so right. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> Well, thanks again, Scott, for being with us. Once again, that's Scott Dowdle, um, the leader of the the uh, Bozeman, Montana lug. So if you're uh, one of those guys up there in southern Canada uh, and want to uh, want to check out a lug in your area, uh, Scott will apparently feed you at his house once a month or something like that. Um, thanks for having me. Appreciate you being on. And... Um, I'm going to say that's it, guys. That's going to end this episode of Everyday Linux. 